Welcome to Willard Church of the Nazarene. We're glad you're here. We can't wait to share the service with you. Et l'issant pareil, l'honneur lourd. 
You turn in your Bibles to Acts 27. Acts 27. How many of you believe that God has a specific purpose and plan for your life? How many of you believe that? There are general things that he calls each and every one of us to do. General things that we, that we get from God's word. But then there are also specific things that he calls us to do. Maybe something over time, like a a call to be a preacher. Maybe there's calls, though, specifically to go and talk to that person at the gas station. Are we seeking that out? Are we listening for that? My friends, there are things that he has prepared in advance for us to do. He created us, us in a way, given us gifts and talents, Lord, and equipped us for such as of his purposes. Maybe you don't know exactly what the call is on your life. But are you searching it out? 
Maybe you do know what that call is specifically on your life. And maybe you feel in this moment, though, that you're on a ship and it's sinking. Maybe life just feels like it's coming apart. Maybe you can't plug the holes fast enough and the ship's going down. If this is you, I'm praying that God specifically speaks to you today about these things. Another question. How would your life be different if you knew that you had everything that you need in just the snap of a finger today? You knew I got everything that I need for my life, for, for me, for my situations and my future. I got everything. How would life be different for you? Think about that. Acts 27. This is a story that happens in the Apostle Paul's life. It's an account of a time when Paul, who was one of the leaders of the new church, right? He's on his way to Rome. He's arrested. He's falsely accused. But he was a Roman citizen, which granted him certain rights and protections. So he got to appeal his case to Rome, to stand trial in Rome. So he's on his way there. There he will stand before the most powerful person alive in human form on this earth, Caesar. He'll stand in front of him and get a chance to share the gospel. This is all part of God's plan, right? This is a part of the specific call that was on his life. But they set out to sail at a bad time. At maybe what some would say the wrong time of the year. And they get caught in this massive storm. Things go sideways fast. And this is the account of that. Would you stand with me in honor of God's word? Acts 27 beginning with verse 13. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Nor'easter swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Cauda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. Can you get that in your mind? And the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. Have you ever been there? In a moment like that? Maybe life just piles up train wrecks on you, and you feel like your prayers are unanswered, and you get to the point where you give up? Verse 21. 
after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said this, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have been spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. Not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Father, I pray that we would give your word the honor that it's due. Father, I pray that our hearts would be soft, our eyes would be open, our ears would be open to hear directly from you. Holy Spirit, you have your way. Speak to us, convict us, challenge us, rebuke us, encourage us. Whatever your will is, Father, may it be done. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word. In your name we pray. You may be seated. The heading after this in my Bible says the shipwreck. The next section is all about that. 276 souls on the boat on the boat and they run aground. The soldiers planned to kill all the prisoners, but there was a centurion who wanted to spare the apostle Paul's life, so he kept them from carrying out that plan. And all 276 of them make it to the island. The ship is destroyed, but they all make it. Through all of this, including the storms, including the the many days without sunlight, right? Paul is confident Why wouldn't he be, though? An angel appeared to him. The angel stood before him with a message. The message was, you're going to stand before Caesar. There's a job that's still supposed to be done. done. The plan is still happening. Notice what the angel's message wasn't, though. It wasn't, here's the survival plan. Here's when I want you to bail from the boat. I want you to jump off on this side at this time and do it in this way, right? No, the message was, hey, you aren't going to die. God's plan is still in place, right? And you'll complete it. And I think that we all need to hear that today. I think we need to hear from God that we're going to make it to the destination that he has planned for us. Nothing, nothing outside can stop that. No person can stop that. No person's bad decisions can stop that. No principality can stop that. The only thing that can stop that is our unwillingness, is our disobedience. Even in our unwillingness, even in our disobedience, God can correct our course and still see it accomplished, right? We saw that when a giant fish swallowed a prophet who didn't want to go a certain way and do something. When he was running away, there are people and their ship is going down. God may allow that to happen, right? There might be a shipwreck, but you need to hear that what God has planned for your life cannot be stopped by outside forces. 
It can't even be stopped by your stupidity or ignorance. Praise God, right? If we go back to Acts chapter 9, Paul was actually called Saul at this point. He's on his way to imprison. He's on his way to attack some Christians. He was a persecutor of the church, but on this path that he was on, he meets Jesus Christ, right? He has an encounter with him, and Jesus flips his life upside down like he's done with many of us. So much so that he gets a new name. Saul would become Paul, right? He was blinded from this encounter, and so he had to be led to the town. In this town, there's a man named Ananias, preached on this, who was a believer. And God told this man to go pray for Saul. Ananias knew who Saul was, though. And he was reluctant, right? He knew that he had been attacking the church. He knew he had been given papers to attack the church. He knew he was coming for him. So he's reluctant. But God says something to him in verse 15. He says this, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. This is the mission. This is the call that's on Paul's life. This is the purpose for his life. This was what Paul was invited to do by the God of the universe. The God who is at work, right, allowed him and called him to be a part of what he was doing. There would be much suffering on this journey for this man, right? And what we just read was a small part of that. Nothing outside can stop what God has planned, though, on your life. While that's true... I'm not going to tell you that it won't be hard. I'm not going to tell you that there won't be shipwrecks and suffering. At one point, Paul lists a bunch of things that are happened or have happened to him, right? Beatings, imprisonment, shipwrecks, plural, more than one, right? Stoned to death at one point, nakedness, hunger, and more. Why was there so much suffering? Because there's an enemy, right? There's an enemy that hates Jesus Christ. And there's an enemy that hates everyone who bears his name. We just celebrated Christmas, and we talked about this last week, right? There was a king named Herod that had everybody under the age of two in a certain geographic region killed because he was trying to stop Jesus Christ from coming. But Jesus couldn't be stopped. The mission of God that he had couldn't be stopped. And the mission that God has for your life can't be stopped. Many days in the storm, destruction of a ship, darkness, it all couldn't stop the calling of God on this man's life. And we need to hear that, right? Shipwrecks cannot stop the plan that God has for you. The enemy wants to define you by some shipwrecks. I had a shipwreck in my life, and every time I stood before a pastoral board every year, they would examine me, and they would bring up that shipwreck. But that shipwreck didn't define me. That shipwreck couldn't stop God's plan for my life. The enemy wants to say to you, you shouldn't have gone. 
It was the wrong season. It was the wrong time. Hey, I told you not to leave this port. I told you this was a bad idea, right? But you still went, and look where it got you. You got shipwrecked. All that is real. But here's the thing. God's greater than it all, right? If you trust him today, if you turn to him today, he can put you back on course. No doubt about it. And maybe without, with the loss of a ship, but he'll save you. He'll move you to your purpose. We just have to be courageous and trust him. We have to surrender our future to him. We have to trust him to direct our path. And if we do that, he'll put it back on course according to his purpose and his plan. I asked you the question, the second question earlier. How would life be different for you if you knew all that everything you needed, you had? If you're like me and you just read this account, you're probably thinking something about Paul. Well, if I had an angel appear to me in the middle of the storm like Paul did, I'd be good too, right? Who would it be? I'd be courageous. I'd have more peace, right? I'd be bold. Wouldn't we all be more confident if an angel came to us in the middle of the night? My friends, we have something far better than an angel coming to us, available to us right here and right now. Amen? An angel be great, but we have the words of God at our fingertips, right? I don't think a lot of us get that. I don't think a lot of us understand this, what we have available to us, right? Here's what, here's where God is revealed. Here's where we find out how much God loves for us, what he did for us, his plan for us. Here's where we learn that the God of the universe holds us in his hands. Are you in this? Are you reading this? Are you building your life on this foundation? We're challenging you, right? This is the year coming up, and our challenge is read through the Bible. In a year, in a month, in 15 days... Whatever God is calling you to do, read through it. I pray that we all take this challenge on seriously and seek out what he'd have us do and follow along with that. Here are his promises for you. Don't miss it, right? A lot of us wish something miraculous would happen like we'd have an angel come speak to us, that he'd appear and then we'd be good. I've never had an angel do that. I've never heard an audible word from God, but I've heard from God many times through his word. He's spoken plainly to me many times through his word. Do you wish God spoke to you? Get in his word. Spend time in prayer listening and not speaking for what he'd want to say to you, right? You wish you would have more peace in your life? Get in his word. You wish you'd know God's purposes for your life? Get in his word, right? 
Take the challenge. Take the challenge to feed yourself instead of having to rely on somebody else to chew it up and spit it in your mouth. It's time to get past the baby food and to take this on ourselves. Fast forward in this account, Paul made it through the storm. He made it to where he was called to go, Rome. There he got to preach the gospel message. There he got to appeal to the highest authority. He got to give his message in the center of humanity at this time. And there he was killed for his faith. Killed in the name of Jesus. But before that happened, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he wrote letters to various churches to encourage them, to encourage believers all over the world. And we have those letters available to us that we can read. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. I want you to listen to this. This is God speaking to you. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership, right? Do you need to hear that? You're a child of God. You are not a slave to fear. When fear comes against you, you can rebuke that with this word. And we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We don't have to guess about it because the Spirit confirms it in our lives, right? Now, if we are children, then we are heirs Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If, big if here, if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. Are you sharing in his suffering? Are you standing for his name? Verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Even in a shipwreck? Yeah, who have been called according to his purposes. We're called according to his purposes, right? For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Can you hear that? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Who can bring a charge against you? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as, as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither heights nor depths, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Man, I just wish I had an angel come speak to me. 
If only an angel would say something. What would an angel say that compares to what we just read? What? What? The angel would probably just read this passage to us, right? Here's Romans 8. Let me read it to you. Back to Acts chapter 28. Paul and the other 276 of them make it to the island. Verse 1. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. I don't know if anybody's ever been there. I haven't. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood. Did you notice Paul's doing menial labor here? Right? The apostle, Paul, still willing to do that. As he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, right? For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has now allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effect. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. We know he wasn't, right? I don't want us to read too much into this passage, but I do want us to notice a couple things, right? I want us to notice how what people thought of him changed. They first thought he was an evil person. They thought he, and then they thought he was a god, right? Can we get to the place where we don't put too much stock in what other people think of us and instead only be concerned in what our Lord and Savior thinks of us, right? They changed their opinion in a matter of minutes or hours. Along with that, I think we need to get to the place where we shake some things off, right? Back in Romans, we saw that Paul was convinced of some things. Not that he had an idea, not that he had an opinion. No, he was convinced. My friends, we need to get to that place. Paul was a persuader of men, but he couldn't convince anybody. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. My friends, we need to be in the Word. We need to be convinced of the reality that God communicates to us, right? We need to get to the place that where no matter what comes against us, we're convinced that God has a purpose and a plan for that, and that is going to happen no matter what the enemy comes at us with. Even if I'm in the storm, even if I can't see any light for days, even if my ship's coming apart, I'm convinced that God has a plan and a purpose for my life, and he will see that through, right? I know the God whom I serve, and nothing can stop him. Do you believe that? Are you convinced of that? Are you convinced of who you are? Are you convinced of what he calls you, son, daughter? Are you convinced of what he promised you, right? Are you ready to say enough to the enemy when he attacks you and shake that snake off? I don't think it was a coincidence that a poisonous snake came after Paul. I see that as an attack from the enemy. Attacks will come, but Paul shook it off. Are you ready to embrace what God's already done and just realize that it's enough?
Do you know what I mean? Right? How much more does God need to lift us out of the miry clay? How much more does God need to breathe on us his grace before we get to the place where we're convinced? Jesus died, was raised to life, right? He conquered sin and death. He brought us from death to life. He adopted you. He gave you a new name. You're a new creation. You are a new creation. The old is gone, right? You're not that person anymore. You have the righteousness of God in him. He's making you more and more holy. He's making you more and more holy. You're a child of God. You're a child of Yahweh. You're a daughter of Adonai, right? You have a calling. You were sought after. You were bought. You were purchased out of slavery and anointed. He gave you a family, didn't he? You have been given a seat at the table with the king. You have the privilege that any time you can approach the throne room of God and call out to him, and he's filled you with his spirit. How much more do we need God to do before we get it, before we're convinced, before we're able to stand on his promises? How much more? My friends, we're under his authority. If you're under authority, do you you remember the story of Jesus with the centurion who had the the sick servant, right? The centurion sent messengers to Jesus. He said, hey, you don't need to come. You just need to say the word, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. He said that because he knew about the authority that God had. Do we realize we're under God's authority and he's given that to us? We got... We get to go in his authority, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, right? We get to go in his authority, casting out demons. We get to go in his authority, praying for the sick to be healed. And we believe it, don't we? We're convinced of it, aren't we? Or are we just hoping? When the snake comes and latches on, let's shake it off in the name of Jesus Christ, amen? Amen? Let's be convinced that we are his and the enemy can do nothing apart from what he allows. When the spirit of dread comes, when the spirit of the flesh comes, when you want to grab the cigarette, right? No, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Leave. We're under his authority. We bear his name and he's conquered sin and death. The enemy has no purchase, no business. Leave me in the name of Yeshua. This morning I had a a feeling of dread come over me. No, you have no place here, right? Don't get me wrong, I'm 100% believe in helpful friends. It's biblical. I believe in accountability, counseling, mentorship, the process of healing, right? And I'm not speaking against that, but I just think there's some things that when they come, we need to shake them off in the name of Jesus Christ because we're convinced that he's in control, 
that he rules the world, that he has all authorities, and we are his. We are under his name, right? I think we have this mentality. When the snake comes and latches on, we're like, oh my goodness, a viper has come out of the fire and latched onto me. Do you guys see this? Is, is everybody looking at this? Does everybody realize what is happening to me, right? Do you understand how grave of a situation this is for me? Paul had a promise from God that he was going to go to Rome. And so he just shook it off because he knew nothing could stop that. Nothing could get in the way of that. He stood on that promise. He shook it off in the fire. And my friends, we need to do the same thing. God's got a purpose and a plan for you. If you're surrendered to him, if you're following his will, if you're obedient, right? And if that's the case, nothing can stop you from accomplishing what God has for you. Get off me, right? Are you convinced of who and whose you are? Are you convinced in the power of the name that you bear? People think the the commandment about not taking God's name in vain is about not swearing, not saying GD or something like that. No, it's about not calling yourself a follower of Christ, not taking that name Christian, right, if you aren't going to be a follower of Christ. Don't bear his name in vain. Don't take it. Don't put it on if you aren't going to follow him. But if you do take it and you are going to follow it, and you're going to surrender your life to his lordship, right? Then realize who and whose you are. You're his. This ain't magic. And I want you, want you to think that there's magic words or anything that, you know, always will immediately change. Sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't, right? Sometimes you have to cast off things every day. Sometimes you cast off spirits and they come back with friends, but you keep doing it in the name of Jesus, right? We need to be convinced that Jesus has conquered sin and death. We need to be convinced that we do not have to be a slave to sin, that we do not have to sin every day. We need to be sanctified. We need to be set apart. We need to be convinced. Who here has a tattoo? Raise your hand. I'm not going to shame you. I think there's three reasons people get tattoos. And you people can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Three potential reasons. Three possible reasons. All right? The first reason is you are pressured into it by a group of people. Right? Like we're all getting this tattoo we were shipwrecked on Malta, but we all made it through, so we're going to get this tattoo before we leave. I don't know. Maybe some kind of experience like that. One possible reason. Another possible reason is you were intoxicated. Maybe you're a little too drunk to realize what you're doing. Maybe you found out later that you got a tattoo. You didn't even know you did at the time. The third reason, and I think this is more so, is that you were convinced of something. And you said, put that on me. I know it's permanent, but I'm convinced, and it ain't coming off. Whatever that was. Maybe you were convinced that you were going to marry Maria. Maybe that didn't work out. But at the time, 
you were convinced. You said it's going on there. You might regret that now, but at the time you were there. Today, I pray that we have that same spirit of conviction on our lives where we say, put it on me, right? Write it on me, Lord. Write your truth on me, on my heart, right? Convince me of it. Right now, I pray that somebody, the Holy Spirit is speaking to them and writing on them with ink that can never be removed, that they are a child of God. When the enemy is coming against them and putting them down and putting labels on them, I pray that that truth is on their life. No, I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. That was my past, but that is not me any longer. I am a child of the King. That needs to be written on us in that permanent ink. Put it on my neck, right? I want everybody who sees me to know the truth of God. I want to look in the mirror and be reminded of that. I want somebody to hear that there is nothing that you can be in bondage to that he hasn't freed you from already. What is it? What are you struggling with? What are you continually picking up? Today, I pray that the Holy Spirit writes on your heart right now that you are no longer a slave to sin. I hope you hear that there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, right? You are bought You are brought out of slavery. It's been conquered. You have freedom from it. You don't have to pick that thing up anymore. You can lay it down. I want you to have that tattooed on your heart, right? I want to have God's calling tattooed on me. I want to remember when I feel like I'm doing a crappy job, right? That God called me. That God's for me. And he's not against me. And I want you to remember that too. What is he calling you to? What are you failing right now in? You're not if you're faithful to him. You're not if you're following him. Tattoo that on me, right? Enough is enough. That's the title of the sermon. Enough, right? We need to get this. What God has already done is enough. We just need to be convinced of it. We just need to be surrendered to it. The enemy can't have a hold anymore in that area. I want to invite you to come forward and get something tattooed on you if you need to. If you have something that you need to lay down and you need freedom from, maybe it's something coming against you, like a spirit of fear, like a spirit of anxiety, like a spirit of depression. Would you come forward so we can pray for you? Maybe you need to be reminded that you're a child of the king, that that shipwreck doesn't define you anymore. Would you come forward and get that tattooed on you, that reminder? Would you surrender whatever it is to him? Would you stand with me?
If you need to be convinced of something, I want to invite you to come to the altar and do that. Is it scary? Is it embarrassing? Yeah. Is it necessary, though? Yeah. Come before the King of Kings and let him speak to you, right? My friends, can we stop waiting for the angel to come in the night and make our foundation the Word of God? Listen, we've got things in the back. We've got Bibles in the back. We've got sheets in the back that can help you read through the Bible. In, in a month, in 90 days, in a year, will you make a commitment to do that? Will you make a commitment to make your foundation the Word of God? That's my challenge for you for this year. That and the pray, right? Will you come out one Sunday night just once and pray with us? You can see on the calendar where you have different focuses. One of those focuses, though, we're going to pray for all the ministries of the church on one night. Would you come and be a part of that? Would you come and pray for your brothers and sisters? Will you take that directory home and systematically pray through it? Is God speaking to you right now about something? Lay the storm down. Cast the addiction away. Do it at the altar. Do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Speak the name of Jesus Christ over that thing in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to convince you. You need to get this, right? You need, is there something you're struggling with? If there's something you've been struggling with, if there's something that you've laid down before, is there something that you need freedom from? I pray that you come. I'm going to give you another minute. There's some decisions that need to be made today. And I pray pride doesn't get in the way. Because that's a spirit too that needs to be cast away. Father, I pray that right now any pride will be cast away in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray right now that our hearts would be soft, that our eyes and ears would be open. I pray that we would kneel down before you. And I pray that you would give us freedom for whatever that is. Father, we cast out spirits of fear. We cast out spirits of depression. Lord, too many people are suffering from that, Lord. Father, there's chronic pain that seems to paralyze people. Father, we cast that out in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that if somebody is struggling with something, I pray if somebody is struggling with their identity, somebody is struggling with a shipwreck that's been attached to their name, Father, I pray that today you would give them a new name. You would write it on their hearts, Lord. I pray that you would call them holy, anointed, son, daughter. And I pray that they would live their lives in that freedom. Father, I pray when the enemy comes against them, I pray that they would rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. They would remind the enemy whose they are, who they belong to. I pray that we would all be reminded of the name we bear. Father, help us to go out of here and live for you. Father, we don't want to just go through this life without purpose, without meaning. Call us. 
Father, put your spirit of prophecy on our young ones. Use them. Show them they are needed for your kingdom. Be with them. Father, don't let us be ignorant. Lord, don't let us be unconcerned for those who are going to hell. Put somebody on our hearts that we care about, that we need to reach out to. Lord, we don't want to be just like any other church. We want to be your church, led by your head, Father. Lord, we love you. Father, I pray that if there's somebody here who doesn't know that the God of the universe died on a cross for them, that they would be set free today, that they would realize it, that they would hear you say, follow me. And I pray that they would lay down the world, they would lay down everything and follow you. Father, I pray that you'd remind us that we have to pick up a cross, Lord. It might not be easy, but you will give us the strength. You will make the way, Lord. Father, again, I pray for freedom. I pray for freedom for whatever is coming against the people in here, Lord. Not just right now, but later today, tomorrow morning, Lord. We want to be people who speak the name of Jesus. Lord, remove anything unclean. Remove anything causing division and disunity from our body, Lord, from your body. Father, may we be surrendered to your lordship. May we sacrifice our time and our talents and our gifts and our money to be used to build the kingdom. Put that purpose on our heart. Show us that whatever we're focusing in on that's just temporary or worldly, show us the truth that's meaningless. Lord, help us to be a part of what you're doing. Lord, we love you. Lord, we give you all honor and praise. Father, can I just ask again, would you call some people to something? Call them to what you're doing. Call them to their neighborhoods. Call them to their neighbors. Call them to their schools. Call them to their workplaces. Lord, set them up as salt and light there, Father. I know we have teachers here. We have school resource officers here. Lord, position them to be used by you. Father, show these kids that they are somebody that loves them and will help them and is for them, Lord. Give us all opportunities. Father, we love you. And we give you all honor and praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Can we sing a song? I don't know, praise team, if you'd come back.
this Friday night. You can come in at any time and just pray. Go around to each of the rooms. Pray for the people in them. Right? Pray for your brothers and sisters. Bring your directory with and pray for them there. But don't go into this year without the Word of God. Go. Go in the name that you bear and the authority that comes with that name. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Love you.